again on another edition of Talking Tigs right here after Christmas. Hope everyone had a good one. Uh, I believe we all did. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. Got the Purdue bowl game prep for you this week, as well as a recap of what was the early signing day and uh, some some major transfer portal activity for the Tigers. Uh, quite a lot to mention, uh, so we're just going to get down into it. But want to check in with the co-host as we as we always do. See see how you guys are doing. Hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, I know it was probably cold all across the country, but hope you stayed warm. I, I know I lit a few fires in our fireplace and made do. Yeah, it's good to be here with you again. Um, you know, good Christmas, good bowl season starting up. Uh, and I'm, you know, ready to, uh, and a good recruiting or signing day. So, yeah. uh, looking forward to this bowl game and, and talking about, uh, talking about these signees with you. Yeah. Basically the biggest two week span in college football of the year. So that's always good to, to break down and in the middle of the holidays, it's, uh, all the action every day. So it's hard to stay up to date, but hopefully we'll have all the, the breakdowns and important highlights for the LSU faithful out there. So had a good Christmas and excited to share the, the holidays with you all. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's hop on into it. Cause I, I don't know. It's, it's weird with the new transfer portal stuff. It's like you have early, you have signing day, you have recruiting activity, and you have transfer portal activity. I almost feel like it could be completely two different. You know, it's like you have the the NFL draft, but then you also have free agency periods. You know, it's 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 a lot to take in. I mean, the Tigers did very well on early signing day. I think they landed. You could say consensus probably like around a six or so. Um, but they did have some big pickups, especially in areas of need. Um, I don't know that. Daniel, I don't know if you had anything prepared that you wanted to do. You know, usually our our recruiting uh, our recruiting guru. Um, I just thought overall, though, uh, like we hit pretty much our numbers, right? We got a lot of people we we said we were gonna get. There was what maybe one or two changes of mind at the last minute, but I don't, I don't think it really was that devastating. I think the Tigers got what they needed and more. Yeah, you know, the class overall, like you said, really kind of well-rounded. We addressed players at basically every position. We signed the full 25 players. We could have actually gone a little bit more, I think, with the number of scholarship athletes we had available. But yeah, 25. Um, according to 24-7 Sports, we had one five-star 18 four-stars and six three-star athletes. So maybe not the top, top level talent that we've had in a couple of years, but um, a lot of solid players right in the middle. So I'm definitely competitive in Brian Kelly's first year, and I'm happy to see that. Uh, like you mentioned, the the one guy we were really hoping to get at the end was Desmond Ricks, uh, five-star cornerback. We ended up losing him to Bama. Everybody was all in on LSU until the very last day before signing day when it the, the, literally the tide turned and, and Bama yeah. came on strong. Lots of rumors there about big and IL money kind of moving behind the scenes to get Desmond to, to Tuscaloosa, and that's what ended up happening. So uh, a tough miss there, but uh, we still addressed with a few other top cornerbacks. And so overall, I'm happy with it. And then we um, brought in a number of players in the transfer portal, which we'll probably get to in just a second. What's your thoughts on it, Tommy? Well, I mean, I think that you're right. Like the the Desmond Ricks loss was, was what everybody was looking at, but, you know, almost – immediately you know one after the one after the other i'm not sure exactly which i think Den, denver harris like we popped for denver harris him, him transferring from AM to us and then desmond ricks made his decision so i feel like you were just going to get one of the two i don't know if denver harris wants to come here you know if if it's already uh you know crowded with another top uh, uh top cornerback and wasn't he the number one or number two cornerback in the nation last year yep i think he was um, number two in last so year's I thought class. that was Travis Henry or, or tra uh, Travis Hunter was number one. Hunter, sorry, Travis Hunter. Yeah. And then he was at Jackson state and I think Denver Harris was number two. So, uh, yeah, he fills that gap. So it's kind of like, you know, you pick up one or you pick up the other. Um, now I know that Denver Harris, the one, the main question with him was like character issues as to why he, and, and, you know, why he was, uh, transferring in the first <laughs> place and all of that. But, um, I mean, I feel like, Yes, you want you know Ricks is kind of the loss that you you know that you don't want to have. But other than that, I really like the way the class shaped out with offensive line. I mean, mm -hmm. our top you know we're so used to having the top 
five to 10 players in our class being just skill player, skill player, skill player, fast speed. And I mean, really it's a, it's, this is a, a class built on, you know, like you said, according to two, four, seven, which I think I would argue with all the rating it with the, the star ratings, but Zalance Hurd is our only five star and he's the, you know, top offense, one of the, one of the top offensive tackles in the country. Well, um, hold on. You both have said we've only had the one five star. Did, did, uh, Sheldon Samson, they did this. They did, they actually took his star away the day, like the like right after he committed to LSU this summer. Yeah, he, he was ranked ranked forty third in the country overall, number eight wide receiver, so four star. Yeah, and, and Lance Hurd, like Tommy mentioned, was number four tackle, twenty eighth overall, was our our lone five star there. Mm. Not that those matter that much in the end, but it's something that people like to to hype up and get fixated on. Like Alabama signed seven five star recruits, which is pretty crazy. Well, and then, and then uh, Jalen Brown's another one that um, is a you know was, is a five star was a five star in multiple consensus places, and then you know four star cutting according to two four seven, so we don't get credit for him either. But regardless, um, well then, well I was going to mention also in addition to that guy, uh, Deshaun Womack. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a five he's a consensus five star across um, different rating platforms, but like like we said. Uh, you know, two, four, seven is kind of the authority and everybody kind of looks at them. So according to them, we have one five star, uh, but you know, that regardless, we've got, you think about this offensive line, which has been a trouble basically since the national championship, um, season, uh, Zalance heard, and you, you still have Will Campbell, you still have Emory Jones, and then you have DJ Chester coming in, uh, at Tyree Adams, and then the transfer, um, uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so you've got these great, you know, you've got th- this talent coming in, um, uh, on the offensive line. And, uh, I, I feel like it's like, this is kind of what we expected Brian Kelly to do and, you know, to be able to re- recruit top level offensive line talent, like he did it at uh, Notre Dame. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, it's what two years in a row that the Tigers have pulled a, a, a five-star lineman inside Louisiana, which I don't even know. There was some stat like that's just, I don't know if it's really, really, really happened before. Uh, but yeah, like in addition to, to the ones you guys mentioned, uh, you know, we did get Trey Holly, who I believe was what a, ended up being a four star, but that's like what the leading rusher in the history of the, the state of Louisiana. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a good, pretty good pickup. Uh, then we also had a, a flip, we got the tight end. He was committed to a Vanderbilt, but it's uh, uh, Camorian Pimpton. And that guy, yeah. he's, I think he's still only a four star, but like he just had, like he's the type of guy we're looking at. Uh, we'll just look, you can see Brian Kelly picked up another, uh, I think, tight end as well. But uh, it's like he's going after those guys. He likes Mason Taylor and he wants to duplicate that a lot. So uh, I thought that was a little bit telling of what he wants to do moving forwards. And as far as the transfers, yeah, we, we lost, a, um, you know, we didn't pick up Desmond Ricks, but I, I don't know. I feel it's, it's kind of weird if they're going to have two Ricks, right? Like they're either destined for <laughs> glory or failure with Ricks on either corner. And we already burned Eli, you know, this, this game last year. So I don't know. Uh, that's, that's just interesting. But, and it, but like you said, it happened after, we we said we we're going to get Denver Harris. It was interesting. Brian Kelly said something about yeah, we're going to replace it with transfer or freshman. I think he was trying to say, hey Desmond, you you can do it, but you know I, I don't know. I got this guy. He's a five star. He wants to transfer right now. So I'm gonna say yes. Like you said, he did have some some you know behavioral issues. Uh, they but BK said, hey, we we talked to him. We, we feel we feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, got- uh, it was pretty extensive, though. It wasn't like one thing. It's like he he had like uh, some uh, something with a car. He had uh, a fight with teammates. He had like he was caught smoking weed in the locker room. It was like it was multiple things. So I was I was wondering why he didn't get he didn't play more. But that's that's why. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but you know, like we've we've learned with uh, with other guys, it's you know if you have a chance to do it again and start over, you can you can make the best of that opportunity. So I mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I'm willing to trust BK, right? 
Yeah, that's not really normally his style. He's known for being more straight laced and he wants the the program guys, but maybe the the talent was too much to pass up for Brian Kelly. So yeah, I'll, I'll kind of run through the transfer portal um, guys who we got here real quick, if that's okay. Yeah, um, uh, really yeah. quickly, we lost a five-star in Ricks, but we gained uh, a five-star receiver from them, Aaron Anderson. So yeah. Yeah, because we had talked about Aaron Anderson last week on the pod, yeah. wide receiver from Alabama. Well, he's from Louisiana, but he was, he was at Alabama. And then Denver Harris, the big cornerback from Texas A&M. Uh, the, this whole transfer group is real defensive focused. After that, we got another corner in-state, Zy Alexander from Southeastern, who was actually like a two-time like FCS All-American there. Um, we, we've actually kind of gone that route a couple times recently, looking at guys from in-state schools who are looking to make a step up. Uh, as well, we we had a bunch of defensive linemen. Uh, Jordan Jefferson, not the the national championship quarterback for LSU, <laughs> but the defensive lineman from West Virginia. Uh, Jalen Lee, who is actually another Louisiana guy, who was at University of Florida. Uh, D lineman who came. Paris Shand, uh, University of Arizona. D lineman, and then uh, Braden Swenson, who's a edge rusher from Oregon. So uh, yeah, we we didn't sign a ton of guys on the D line in this year's class. So I guess that makes sense that that was a, a position of emphasis for Brian Kelly uh, to, to boost up, especially when you got guys like BJ Ojolari, Ali Gay, uh, Makai Wingo, like going to the draft. So uh, hopefully some of these guys are plug and play uh, going into next year and they've already got D one experience. So I think that'll be real helpful. Um, especially because when you look at like at our depth chart going into the citrus bowl, that's a place we're pretty thin on D line and, and cornerback. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully strengthen the ranks going into the 2023 season. Yeah. And that guy Swinson is supposed to be kind of like a, I guess kind of like an Ojolari, like where he can be like a Jack, he can be a defensive end. He can, you know, he's, he's tall and, and lean, but he's, you know, he's, he's a lineman too. Uh, what I thought was interesting is a lot of them, they're all, juniors so they got what one two years left so i i know they were trying to fill positions of need immediately but i I think that's that's good it serves the need for this year maybe the year after but it shows guys that he could still possibly recruit it's like look uh you know i i got these guys in the portal they're good but yeah there's no longevity there so you could when you get here you could compete right away well, I, th- I think that it's also, um, you know, we're still what this is, you know, year four of uh, year four of the full on transfer portal. Um, and I don't even know if you, you know, you can't really count the COVID year because because of all the, the uh, rules as far as, oh, um, you know, this guy, you get all the extra extra allotment of time and everything. So I think we're starting to see, you know, maybe this is the the. Um, the little cocktail, you know, <laughs> defensive line and, and, um, or defensive line is, is a position that, I, that takes a lot of development from the high school level to the, uh, to, to the sec. And it, in some ways, you know, getting this talent from the transfer portal is almost like outsourcing your development. So you can take chances on, you know, other guys in the lower level, um, and, you know, and, and right out of high school, try to develop them yourself. But if it doesn't work out, that's fine we'll pick up some other guys in the portal like we've done for the past, you know, two years, really. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it's like, I don't know, I guess we, we've had success obviously with Jaden Daniels, but I think that moving forward, you probably would rather have a quarterback in your system for as long, you know, for three to four years, because that's a, that's a position you really want to develop throughout, you know, for, for continuity, but um, across, you know, all the other positions, um, or you probably want offensive line to develop yourself too. But other than that, you know, maybe, maybe it's better to, or maybe not better, but it's just as good to pick them up out of the, out of the portal and, um, let, you know, Oregon or whoever else, West Virginia, all these other schools, uh, do the development for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he did kind of stick to what he, he did last year. He, he got some guys from Louisiana, I guess as many as he could, I don't know if there was really anyone out there that they wanted. I mean, he's, he, he made a point to say it several times. It's, it's guys that fit, you know, us as well as we fit them. It's like, you're looking, you know, character wise, uh, wanting to guys that are going to study and want to graduate, but it's, it's a character thing. You know, obviously it's a personality thing as well, but, uh, you know, I think BK knows 
they, they, they all know what they're looking for. And when they see it, they get it. Um, and I think, I think we'll, we'll see it. So after this, this is like his first full year on board. Uh, how would you rate the signing day? If I had to give it a grade, I would say it's probably like a B plus to a minus in my opinion. Um, it's, I wouldn't say a plus. It's not like we, we shook the world down, but there, it wasn't a disaster at all. So I think we, we did what we need to do, um, shoring up positions of weakness as well as staying well-rounded and not going too heavy offense, defense or whatever. Like in, we, we signed six wide receivers, which is a lot, but like, I, I remember a couple of years ago, like one signing class, we had like eight or nine wide receivers in one class. And I was like, what's going on here? Uh, yeah. And then that was when we like completely neglected O-line like Tommy mentioned. So um, I think O did a, not O, uh, Brian Kelly did a good job here. And hopefully it's something to, to build on for next year. We're talking a, a plus. Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. I was going to say B plus a minus um, you're in the top 10. You've got you've like you said, Daniel. You've addressed positions of need. You've you've really built a fence around Louisiana and kept most of the great talent here. Um, you've uh, especially like especially the the really high quality talent that you needed that or that oh, that plays the position you needed, right? Not you know Arch Manning. Um, we were never really in the hunt for him, so I don't, I'm not going to knock us for not getting the best player in Louisiana because I never really thought we were going to get him in the first place. So, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, a very, very solid day and, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but it feels we've, we've kind of shored up this class to where we don't have to worry going into February. Um, as much as, you know, in the past where it's like, Oh, who are we going to fill with that last person? Or, uh, you know, the thing like, for instance, I was thinking about it the other day. I remember when, um, Jordan Birch like committed, but he, but it was like, he hasn't signed his papers. Like yeah. he, he's going to, he wants to go to LSU, but his mom doesn't want him to. It's like, we, we're, it doesn't feel like we're going to have that drama. Yeah. Like year. we can be, we can be done and satisfied today. And we're not like hanging on until the very last day of like actual signing day. Like whether the class is like made or break by that one key guy. So um, yeah. yeah, overall solid. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that one key guy and you, you'd mentioned Arch Manning. Uh, I didn't see, I know he, had committed to Texas. Like, did he, is it officially official or is he like, yeah, he's locked in signed. He did. Mm -hmm. All right. So there you go. That's a done deal. Um, just thought that was, uh, worth following up on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess I agree with you guys. It's, you know, B plus a minus. Um, if you include the transfer portal, I'd say definitely in a, in a minus, I don't know if you consider that part of recruiting. Cause basically I'd say that the transfers at that point, probably I, I don't know it's like they they probably hold more of the tokens maybe I, I don't know it's like they can choose where they want to go as opposed to uh, maybe the other way around so i i don't know i'd say if the if you're including the transfer portal i don't know uh i'd say it's still a solid a minus what about the nil how do you grade our nil money <laughs> i'm joking you know what that's, i actually that's part of it now right like if he said that's why we yeah. lost desmond riggs like what is that part of the recruiting yeah. process? So I was actually, I was talking to um, a, a close friend of mine who, who works um, at LSU and we're talking about NIL and, and all that kind of stuff. And he had said to me uh, that this, this list of top NIL companies came out, I think after this season, you know, at the end of this regular season. Um, and did you know that Gordon McKernan is number seven in the nation as far as NIL money spent? So that's that's like the person who basically funds every single deal that LSU does. Um, so I mean I don't know if that's good or bad, but we're there as you know as far as the one company that that does most of our deals. Yeah. Well, and this is kind of a more personal story, but um, it was at the the Christmas dinner table, and then uh, a family member who has done some. Uh, pretty heavy contributions to LSU's athletic fund was saying that just a couple of days ago when Desmond Ricks was looking to commit, he got a call from LSU at the NIL thing. They're like, can you, can you help us out here? Uh, and he said that they were looking to put in 1.2 million uh, for him. 
and he's like uh, I, I don't know like i can't really help you out on this one uh, i don't know who this guy is <laughs> yeah so he let him know but yeah lsu was apparently trying to get this in at the, the very last minute when when bama was drumming their core up so it is a thing and like tommy mentioned gordon is definitely a presence uh on lsu and then around baton rouge and so hopefully we can develop our kind of program a little bit more in the future towards both above board and effective in terms of bringing people in without having too many shadow deals and uh, just get, getting LSU as a reputation for a school that wants the best for its students as well as uh, an attractive place to be for your professional future. Right. Because that's what, that's what BK wants. He wants guys that are going to take that top NIL money, but also want to get that degree. <laughs> so it's a, it's a balance it's a delicate balance um anyway I, I, overall i'd say it's a very successful uh first full year under his belt um and you know obviously room for improvement but uh i'm definitely as good if not better than than last year when he was you know when he kind of came on board halfway through um i don't know i don't think there were really any other major shocks in the recruiting world, right? Like Dion went to Colorado and he got some guys to go with him that, I don't know. Um, I'm not surprised his son went there, but I guess, uh, 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 the, the number one cornerback is, is joining him also. So I don't know. I'd be interested to see if, if they had some NIL coming into it, probably. Right. I'm sure. Uh, it feels like, feels like anywhere Dion goes, he's going to be able to bring money. Yeah. So good, good recruiting day for LSU. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and that obviously helps uh, moving forward because we have a, a game this week and they can focus their attention on that. Uh, got Purdue going to be Monday. Uh, I think. I don't know if they've already left, have they? They did today, I believe. Today, they did, yeah. To, to Orlando. So they're going to be like a full week of, of prep just about. Um, but, you know, we'll be out with, we'll be without guys. They're going to be without guys. Uh, at least we'll have our starting quarterback and our wide receivers. They will not, um, but they will have Drew Brees on the sideline. So I don't know. I feel like that kind of makes up for it right there. He's not throwing passes for him, obviously, but I don't know. The guys, the guy's amazing. Um, the, they actually did name a, a, a new coach, uh, also, this this past week, they because uh, their guy left, uh, they they named Ryan Walters, who was the DC at Illinois. Um, I mean, they still have their interim coach, but uh, I just thought that was worth mentioning because uh, they'll be without their coach as well, or at least their their head coach. Um, I don't know. Uh, they you know they had a for them, I think a a decent season or pretty good season in, in the big 10. I mean, they played for the big 10 title. So, uh, that's, that's, I don't know. That's worth its weight of gold right there. Um, I mean, we played for ours, right. And we weren't expecting to, um, but though, you know, they're going to be about their coach, their quarterback, their, their leading wide receiver. Um, do you think that gives us an advantage we might not have like, cause we'll be without guys, but I, I feel like our guys, I don't know, not to sound arrogant, but I feel like, some of our guys are replaceable, at least for this game, you know? Um, yeah. But like if we didn't have Jaden Daniels and, you know, our, our leading. Hey, Sean. Well, yeah, yeah we, we have our, our stars for the most part. Jaden Daniels is kind of a sidebar. We didn't even touch this, but Jaden Daniels announced he's returning for another yeah. season at LSU, uh, which is exciting and kind of throws everything for, a loop in, in a sense, but I think that's a good thing. It's better than last year against Kansas state when we had a wide receiver going in at quarterback. And so I think we can be confident that at least we'll put up a, a good fight. Uh, like you mentioned, it's got a few key players, BJ Jolari, Ali Gay, um, kind of the main ones uh, and a few others uh, opted out Hi, as we well as Jay Ward. Yeah, yeah, it was or transferred. And so especially on the defensive end, we're a little bit thin, kind of the same story as last year, actually. But I will need guys to step up and, and fill that. But like you said, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue starting quarterback, opted out as well as their uh, wide receiver, Charlie Jones, who actually led the country in 
uh, receiving yards and receptions this year. So their offense is going to be pretty neutered, I think. So it's their weak offense versus our weak defense. And uh, I think we can, we can come out on top there. It's uh, it's not like last year where it was pretty much a lost cause before the game even started. So I think we'll put up a good fight. LSU's favored by 14 and a half, which is a pretty good margin. I don't know if we win by that much, but I think we we do win this game and hopefully it'll kick off a, a successful 2023 for the Tigers. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I, I actually, I like, I like this matchup a lot for us. I think that this is a good, going to be a good confidence builder for us moving forward. Um, I think that one, you know, it, it feels like we have the right mix of returning talent and, um, open spots for, for younger guys and guys, less experienced guys to step up and really get, you know, meaningful snaps. Um, someone who actually, who I haven't been high on really since he signed, but you know, supposedly Brian Kelly is, is said is doing, has done really well throughout the entire year in practice. And, and we'll probably see, um, in this bowl game is, uh, the true freshman Quincy Wiggins. Um, supposedly yeah. he's had, he's had very good practices, very good, um, you know, development throughout the year. Um, and he's a guy who he only played football for like two years in high school before coming to, to LSU. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he plays defensive line, edge rusher, that kind of, you know, posi- that, that position. So he'll probably take, take a spot of, uh, an Ojolari or an Ali gay, but you know, I think that, um, him and, and a lot of other, you know, younger guys will have a chance to, um, get a lot of experience on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I, I just hope that we can continue to build that chemistry, um, that we saw towards the end of the season with Jaden Daniels, hopefully adding in Kayshawn some more as we saw, cause he, you know, as the year got on, he, he did, did better and better. Um, still not as great as, as, uh, he probably would have hoped. And that's why we're getting him next year. But, um, you know, I'm hoping we can just keep continue to build on the offensive production and then, um, get some great experience on the defensive side. Yeah. And, uh, well, you'd mentioned a, a confidence builder, and I mean, a win would definitely build some confidence, but I don't know. I think for me, the better the win, the more the confidence I have. To build oh, yeah. yeah. So, so how confident or like what, what would build your confidence more? Like what type of in score? I'm asking for a game score, obviously, but how confident are you or how much confidence do you want them to give you? Um, I, I said yeah. LSU doesn't quite make it the 14. Maybe we win by 10 or something. I think like 30 to 21 is like a reasonable score. We'll we'll probably give up a few points based on our, our thinness of defense. But I think with our offensive weapons, like we said, Jaden Daniels, Keishon Boutte, we're looking to have a healthy Josh Williams and John Emery in the backfield. Even though Emery's had his fumbled troubles, he'll probably be taking a few snaps. Uh, So we've got the weapons to, to put our points on the board. And I think we'll pace there. So maybe, yeah, like 30 to 21. I I think that for, you know, I, I want to see us really put up, I want to see us put up a lot of points. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see us, um, you know, and I think you're right. You know, I think we're going to allow points just because we're going to have inexperience on the defensive side. But I mean, I look forward to let's put up like 42, 45 points. And I think we cover, I could see it being, um, you know, 45, 21, 45, 24, something like that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I like this matchup. I think that we we ended the season a little bit on a sour note. Well, I, actually, a lot of it on a sour note from the uh, A&M loss. And then, you know, the Georgia game where we were kind of competing, but we probably could have competed a little bit better than we ended up doing. And we that we let them hang, what, 50 on us. Uh, I, I think that I think that there's a lot of um reason a lot of reason for motivation for this team i think that with a lot of the people coming back um you can tell that the the culture there's something good something good is happening in inside the locker room because for the past two years it's kind of been the complete opposite bunch of people saying i'm moving on to the draft i'm leaving i'm transferring and and by the end of the season it's kind of a um you know everything's kind of falling flat and the bowl game is just kind of like let's just get this over with i want to wipe the slate clean for me, as I, as I see the, um, what's going on right now, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I think this team is, they're ready to play this game. They want to, they want to show something and they want to, you know, have this be a preview for next year. 
Yeah, you don't want to have the midseason success that we saw be kind of soured by a end of the year three game slump losing streak, which is possible because I mean, we were looking at that 10 win season and that's still possible if we take this one down. But yeah, we went from nine and two to nine and four at this point. And so Brian Kelly really needs this one to to kickstart the the energy um, for early season practice going in later and just the general buzz around LSU to, to keep us in that kind of contender for next year conversation, especially with Jaden Daniels, our starting quarterback returning and a lot of talent around him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. And I would say um, it's, it's uh, to, to as far as like, having a a good bowl game to propel you into next year, I would say just look back to 2018, right? Like LSU's bowl game. We were in the Fiesta Bowl, um, which was amazing in and of itself, but it's just, you know, we, the, the, the gritty win and just what we saw of things to come possibly. So I, I feel like this bowl game is definitely that opportunity. Um, but it's, it's also, uh, I, I think a chance for, for some of these guys to, like, I, yeah, some of these guys to kind of, I don't know, like, what is it? Um, Wiggins, that's a chance for him. It's This is basically a glorified scrimmage. So, yeah, why not put him out there? Uh, Absolutely. You know, he's got a game to burn. Let's do that with other guys. Um, I'd say LSU has much to gain from this as they, as they do to lose. You know, we've been so wishy-washy in bowl games other than uh, 2019. So, and, and the festival, those two years with Joe Burrow, it's just been so... It's like the, it's like you said. It's hard to get up for these games. Like players don't want to play on them. Um, they don't want to get hurt because everyone's half-assing it. Pardon my French, but <laughs> I, I feel like they, you know, they need to to go into this and go into the next year with that steam. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. What about uh? What about the other big games? We got the playoff games for your. Oh, one last thing on the on the LSU game is. Uh, LSU has never played Purdue, so whoever wins this is going to be one to know all time. And I, and I mentioned that because I'm an LSU alum, and my younger brother is a Purdue alum. So whoever uh, takes this one down is going to have the bragging rights in the house for a little while. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. But yeah. yeah, back to to personal. What about what about your Georgia Bulldogs in the in the playoffs, Scott? What what are you thinking there against Ohio State? I don't know. It's it's interesting because we were just talking about. Um, one of you guys mentioned us scoring or Georgia scoring 50 on us, but like a lot of the questions that they were being posed with was guys, LSU was a, you know, they, they weren't, we were slightly above mediocre this year, but you know, we scored 30 on Georgia. No one done that all season. They're talking about that asking, Hey, can you guys replicate what LSU did or even better? Cause you know, LSU was LSU this year. They did. And we did it with a backup, right. Or half, half with a backup half with our uh, our Hollywood QB. So I, I thought it was interesting that that's what they were posing was an LSU question to the Ohio State guys. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, Georgia's playing at home. They've got the momentum. They just whipped our butt 50 to 30 in the SEC championship. I think they got this. Uh, I don't, you I, know. I, yeah. Go ahead. I, I agree. I think this Georgia scene is too talented. And I think that – um I mean, Ohio State's good. I, I just, I'm not as, um, I'm not as wowed by CJ Stroud and their offense, uh, maybe as as others are. Um, I, I think. Now, I will say, I do think that that Georgia got the raw end of the deal by having to play them instead of TCU. Um, yeah, I don't think that they're the fourth best team. I think they're probably the third best team. But, uh, and I think that the drop off between the two is is considerable. Um, I think Georgia would mop the floor with TCE, but that, but that's just my opinion. Uh, either way, I think Georgia wins. I think Georgia goes on to the national championship, and I think they're going to be tough to beat. They'll probably, I think, it'll, I think it's going to be a Georgia-Michigan national championship, and uh, I still like Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Well, for a lot of the season, this was the two teams that a bunch of people had penciled in as like the national championship game until Ohio State met their downfall at the hands of Michigan in the last week of the regular season, which turned out to not even really be that much of a downfall because they're in the playoff anyway. Uh, But yeah, it was it was kind of Georgia one, Ohio State two. And so I think this game actually is going to be closer than the other one. Um, I think Michigan beats TCU closer than. Oh, wait. You think Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State's going to be closer? 
Yeah, I think Ohio State plays okay. Georgia closer than TCU does to Michigan, but I, I would say that Georgia and Michigan both come out on top there for the national championship. And I don't know if it's a, a sleeper pick, but for some reason I, I'm kind of feeling the, the Michigan hype. I don't know if, if Harbaugh gets it done and rides it all the way, uh, but uh, we can have that talk in between the, the semifinal and the final games, depending on who wins that. Uh, but yeah, I think hopefully they're entertaining games. We've seen so many college football semifinals just be blowouts and and not really live up to the hype. And hopefully that's not the case, but yeah, I think that the Bulldogs are too talented to, to let this one drop. Um, I, I would like to see TCU play well, just kind of for their, their own brand and Sonny Dykes in his first year and not kind of have their golden season be a, be a letdown at the, the final hurdle. But um, I think, yeah, Bulldogs, Wolverines moving on there. Do you think do you, do you think there's a world, and I feel like there could be a world where TCU comes out, plays real fast. Max Duggan has the game of his life and is high and the high flying offense, which I don't really think Michigan has seen as much this year has seen this year, where they kind of run away with it and they get in a boat race and, and Michigan really can't keep up. I, I think that's possible because. I mean, you kind of compare it. Maybe it's a stereotype, but you have the big 12 offense thrown all over the field versus big 10 kind of more ground and pound. And Michigan hasn't seen that type of offense, except maybe Ohio state who is not at full strength whenever they played against Michigan. So yeah, if, if TCU gets it going with a strike early, um, I could see that one getting out to a, to a big um, kind of score and score, whoever has the ball last type of game. Uh, so I think that would be entertaining and really could be anybody's game because TCU, they've shown a knack for pulling out these one score games over the course of the year. I think they had like seven or eight one score wins, uh, which is a, a pretty heavy tilt there. So maybe there's a little bit of magic left for the, the hypno toads. <laughs> I, I definitely think, I think it's possible, uh, but just to, to mention basically the, the inverse of you guys's point, I don't know that TCU's felt or faced a a defense kind of like Michigan's because you know the mm. Big Twelve. Yeah, like you, you mentioned their offenses, but like how many people really play defense there anymore? So I, I don't know. It'll 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 we'll see who 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 can move the ball, but um, I, I think it'll be a, a close matchup. And I think it, you know I think probably most people are thinking, oh yeah, definitely Michigan, but. I, don't know, I think it's going to be close if TCU doesn't win it. I, th- I don't think, I don't think it'll be a Michigan blowout. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I, uh, I mean, Michigan's going to win it on the back of Blake Corum, I would think, and their running back. Um, I think that's a that's a, a that's exactly what TCU needs to be able to stay in this game. The only thing they're going to have to compete, or I think their biggest you know enemy is going to be the clock. Um, is if if Michigan's able to just to shut them down three and out, three and out, three and out, and then just burn clock, then they're in trouble. But if they can score quick, um, you know, and they can match, they can match uh, Michigan's, you know, score for score. It could be, a, it could be an interesting one. I want another game like that uh, Ohio state Clemson game from 2019. That was, that was one of the best uh, playoff games I think we've ever seen. So yeah, that, that kind of gets either lost, way, but... whether it's, I was going to say that game gets lost when they had the LSU versus Oklahoma right after that, when LSU lit them up for 50 points in the first half. But yeah, right before that, all the LSU fans were stressed watching Ohio state versus Clemson. Cause that was going to be whoever we were possibly going to play. They had that one like strip interception fumble where they ruled that it was like an incomplete pass. Um, Ohio state like had some bad breaks. Is that AJ Terrell? I think so. Um, or was well, it, actually, wait, was it, I think was it Clemson? No, Clemson was on offense. I think T Higgins oh, okay. caught a pass and like immediately got stripped or something. Uh, but they said like it was an incomplete pass. I don't remember the exact details, but there was a lot of kind of controversy in that game. And then obviously Clemson ended up playing us in the national championship. But yeah, that was very competitive and showcased kind of two of the best teams in the country of why they were there. Yeah. Uh, and it will like the, the two teams that we have now that are expected to win Georgia and Michigan, uh, you know, full circle, right? Because what last year or the yeah the year before uh, Georgia, you know, knocked them out of the the playoff pretty pretty handily. So you know, it's it, it's either going to be well, this Michigan team is better, or it's like well, the SEC is just 
that much better than everybody else still you know yeah mm-hmm. any other bowl games i was going to call out the the noon kickoff central time sugar bowl alabama versus kansas state did the tide come out strong or do they they suffer a a defeat at the hands of the big 12 tommy's shaking his head absolutely not no, I don't see how the, the big the big story on the and that game is that both Will Anderson and Bryce Young, my opinion, the two best players in all of college football, have said they are playing. Um, you know, bucking the trend of of opt outs and uh, you know uh, the game doesn't matter. It's not a playoff game. It's just some bowl game. I'm I'm going to go get my money. I need to make a business decision. They're playing. Um, I think it's going to be a, a a big win for Bama. And a big win for those two. I, I love to see them play. I, I'm so excited that they are that they're going to, you know, do the. I don't know. About, I don't know about the right thing, but do the thing that I like, which is seeing them play. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think Bama wins big. I think so too, um, and I, I think it's great that they're playing. I will say this: if we wouldn't have lost to Texas A&M, uh, we probably could have been playing in that game. And like Bama would have gone to, I don't even know where. And who knows? Might have been a different story. Might have traded know. places with us. If they get to play in a dome, they get to go to New Orleans if they haven't already. Uh, I don't know. Sugar Bowl still got something, kind of like the Rose Bowl. Like that's that's a nice destination. No, I agree. I, I as a as a purist, I agree. I think that all the bowls. Yeah. I mean, all the major bowls. Now, you know, does the Pac Slayer Bowl? Maybe not, but. I think the major bowls, the peach, sugar, cotton, rose, um, fiesta, orange, all of those, I think there's still a lot of, of, of great, you know, pageantry and, and meaning behind all of them, regardless of whether they're a playoff game this year or not. But I think that the most of the media and, and most you know casual fans would say, oh, well, that game doesn't matter. Sugar Bowl doesn't matter this year. Yeah. yeah. And one game that does have a lot of spectator enthusiasm I guess just because of its inherent location is the Sugar Bowl, where the the fan bases you always turn out because they just they treat it as a vacation for New Year's to New Orleans. I mean, Absolutely. you you take the party with the bowl game, and whether your team or wins or loses, like you have a good time. So, uh, I mean, I, I lived in New Orleans for a little while, and you'd always see the the Bourbon Street crowds packed with Oklahoma red or Clemson orange, whoever's playing in town that weekend. So uh, it's always a good time. And I'm sure the, the Alabama faithful as well as Kansas state. I mean, this is a big showcase for them. They just took down TCU and then their opportunity to beat Bama in the sugar bowl. They're not going to treat that lightly. So uh, it, hopefully it's a good competition there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think another good competition, hopefully will be the orange bowl the battle of the orange teams, mm-hmm. Clemson and Tennessee. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would say it's been a diff, different year from, from Clemson than we're used to, but I, I don't know. Uh, Tennessee's not quite the same team it was when it started the season either. So I don't know. I think that could be a really good one because there's still enough talent on both teams uh, for that to be a good game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of one under the radar that I, I'd be kind of excited about is uh, the Texas Bowl with Houston. I mean, not with Houston. It's in Houston uh, with Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Um, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I think I'd be excited to watch that one and kind of see what they have to do. Um, yeah. any others? What about, well, uh, I don't know, what about the Cotton Bowl, Daniel? You got the you got the Green Wave making probably their biggest bowl game in a long time. That's what I was going to say. My, my two-lane Green Wave playing against USC in the Cotton Bowl uh, at the exact same time as the LSU game actually, which is uh, going to be, I'm going to have my, my dual screens going, but Tulane, their, their biggest game and possibly forever against Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams and national darling USC. Uh, hopefully the, the green wave can win one for the little guy there. Uh, I don't think our talent matches up with USC. I think we probably lose, but uh, I mean, if we keep them within two scores, I think that's a, that's a win. And it's a, a good showcase for our program, regardless. That's been very bad. Well, we were two and 10 last year, which is almost an impossible turnaround. So uh, yeah. it's kind of the classic. Uh, we're just happy to be here, but uh, <laughs> I want them to, want them to, to do well. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling for them. You know, I have no real ties to USC, although I had, uh, worked worked uh, at that school for like a, a short stint. Um, been on their campus many times. 
uh, it's a private school right out of right outside of downtown Los Angeles. So it's just it's a very interesting environment. But um, I I was is the campus f- nice? Oh yeah, totally. It is. Yeah, it is. It's you know it's inside, but you know on you know if you step outside those gates, it's a totally different story. But yeah, the campus itself it's it's very nice. Um, and you know their their stadium is basically the 1984 Olympic Stadium. So there's still that, um, although they kind of wanted to get rid of it. They wanted to renovate it, do all these different kinds of things. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. And then you have UCLA across town, which is also a nice campus, but it's not like gated off because it's not, you know, next to downtown. Um, yeah. But their stadium is like almost an hour away. This tour is USC. Mm. You can walk there. Um, but, but anyway, uh, I'm pulling for the green wave. Uh, I, I wish, you know, I hope they can like, just think about what it would do for, uh, those fans, the program itself, those players. I don't know. They could get some buy-in and I don't know, not, not that I want LSU to lose recruits to them, but that, that would be good for that, for everybody. And I think that was about all we had on football, you know? Yeah. Um, did want to mention LSU basketball because they will start their SEC slate tomorrow. Uh, they do it at home though uh, against number nine Arkansas. Uh, then right after that, they they travel to Kentucky, who is currently sitting in I think number nineteen. Then they come. Well, no, they then they travel to A and M uh, for the game after that. So uh, not an easy slate to start. They never seem to have that though it's like you know as soon as sec starts it's it's always kentucky right out of the gate and then some some other ring team i don't know if it's a coincidence or what but tigers definitely have their work cut out for them Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's always hard to kind of get into lsu basketball while the football season is still kind of ongoing mostly just because i mean the competition is lower and lsu football for better or worse is the the main event the the entree but basketball is always entertaining like once football's over and you, you kind of need something to watch you, you get into that rhythm of kind of the wednesday and saturday schedule um so yeah i'm looking forward to that arkansas is going to be a tough game it might be over by the time this podcast is out, but if LSU pulls out a win there, I'll be very happy. And then it's always fun to, to go against Coach Cal. Uh, it can be tough in Rupp Arena next week, but that'll be a fun one to watch. We got a win from there. Uh, it was a, uh, Will Wade, like, what, three three years ago or something? Like when that, that's, that season we won the SEC, I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely possible. Um I don't know where, you know, Maddie, Maddie Mac has these guys at going into this week. Uh, I mean, we've looked pretty good so far. Like the, like I said, you know, our, our one loss was something weird to K-State. So I, I don't know, like, uh, but we've had some close games that we shouldn't have had either. So it's going to be interesting to see where these guys land against uh, these, these SC teams, uh, the, at least these next three games over the next two weeks or so. Um but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Other than that, I don't know. I think that's all I got. Uh, I, I think the yeah. Saints. I think this. I think the Saints are technically, mathematically still alive, but I think their chances are slim. They shouldn't even have chances at this point, though. But, they, 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 still, <laughs> but they still do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you with know? such a nice record of six and nine, it's hard to make it to the playoffs. But uh, I think they can do it. They need a little help from the Panthers. Don't hold your breath, though, with Andy Dalton. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's like we need – well, we need Tampa Bay to – well, we need them to lose, right? We have to go to Philly, uh, pretty much the best team in the F- NFC right now, and win. They may or may not have Jalen Hurts, but uh, I don't know. It's just – it's like I'm I'm kind of indifferent. It's like I, I just want the season to end already, but wait, we can still make the playoffs? But nah, nah. We, we what are we going to do in the playoffs? We're not going to just win win every game here on out. <laughs> so just uh, just in the season, please. I don't know. Do you see that thing where there is uh, something with Sean Payton coming back to New Orleans with Tom Brady? I, I didn't Tom, see that one. I had uh, Tom it was Brady. Pro football talk. I had seen that. 
he was interested in, in making a return to coaching, but at this point, I'm not sure if I could take 46 year old Tom Brady as my, my quarterback. We, we had struggles with 40 year old Drew Brees. Yeah. But would you, would you rather have 46 year old Tom Brady or however old Danny Dalton? Yeah. Just think Brady's Brady is old, but he's never had a dome. He's no Jameis Winston. <laughs> right. Poor Jameis. I don't know what he's going to do after this season, but I don't know. The saints, uh, Saints have been sticking with Dalton. Interesting. Anything else, guys? I think that's it. Big rundown. Mm-hmm. A happy or a Merry Christmas in the past and a happy new year. We'll be coming at you with the first podcast of 2023, our next time up recording. So looking forward to that. Uh, thanks for another great year on Talking Tigs, and hopefully next year is even better. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Tommy's just going to let his uh, his picks do the talking. <laughs> I don't even know if we gave a game score for, uh, or at least I, I know you did. Uh, for me, something that would make me confident about next year is it like a fellow issue, like that, like the uh, the game against Texas Tech where we won like fifty six to twenty eight or something like that. That would make me really confident. I don't expect yeah. that. I, I would go with uh, us in the thirties covering the fourteen point spread. So I'd say. We get by with thirty-five to to fourteen or seventeen. I'd say that's a sweet, that's a sweet spot. Good score. Yeah, I agree. Nice. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, and that'll do it. We'll uh, we'll we'll see how the chips fall this weekend, LSU Saints and otherwise, and we'll have it all for you next week on Talking Tig. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, have a happy new year. And we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tips.